0: Welcome to DKI, Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. I'm your host, Joel, and this is episode number 128. Joining me on the line from Massachusetts is, as always, Jace. What's up, everybody? (laughs) And making her triumphant return, please welcome back one of the original hosts of the show, Franji. Hello. Hi, Franji. Welcome back. We're so excited to have you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's
0: been a while. It has been that you've been busy with a lot of IRL stuff, and you just messaged me sort of out of the blue earlier this week saying, Hey, I actually have time on Friday. Can I be on the show? And I was like, Hell yes. And apparently, you haven't had a lot of time to watch anime lately. So, uh, Chase and I are going to be going through some of our initial reactions to the fall 2022 season, also doing a bit of retrospective on summer 2022, giving you some recommendations along the way. Just you know, starting from the top, have you had the chance to watch anything in the past couple seasons?
1: Um, yes. I I poked into the millionaire detective. Is that what it's called? The millionaire detective Balance Unlimited. Yeah. Um, and it was okay. I didn't quite finish it. It it started out with some big cool promises for like James Bond type action. Um, and then just kind of got full of shenanigans. And I was like, eh. Um, yeah,
0: I've watched like one or two episodes of it. It didn't hold my attention. I can see how the concept would appeal to you, though.
1: Yes, right. Uh, and then let's see. I did get to watch the first episode of the new season of My Hero, and I did get to watch what's out so far of The Witch from Mercury because Gundam M-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure there might be one or two other things I've been to, but now I don't remember. What the hell did oh. I... Oh, Don't there worry. was oh. there was one little one. What was it called? The girl from the other side. There's only like three episodes. It was a Kickstarter backed thing. With Fuku oh yeah, Jim, it, it main was uh, it was an
2: OVA. I was I was meaning to watch that because it just hit Crunchyroll, but yeah. it was scheduled for the season before. I guess like yeah. it was just kind of on a delay.
1: Yeah, my wife was watching it, and it was it was very interesting, artistically interesting, and. Uh, story-wise, interesting. I think that the last episode for me kind of dropped the ball and I was left way more confused than I wanted to be. But oh no. it was conceptually very fascinating. It was, it
2: was sweet. Mm. Yeah, the art style really had me curious about it. When I saw that trailer, I was like, ooh, this is really unique. Like, it so is. I Both me and Marissa were curious about it. So that's definitely something uh, we're going to have to check out. On top of all the freaking shows coming out this fall, Oh, my God. I thought last season. season was
0: bad.
1: I can't wait to hear you guys talk about it, because this way I'll be able to sort of narrow down what I need to check out.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, and honestly, we're not actually going to be able to comment on everything, because there's a good third of the shows that don't actually air until next week. That, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot still of a few ones. that aren't
2: there yet. Uh, uh, I got strong... Uh, what was that? I maxed out my stats by farming... Or or whatever that full title is, because it's one of those light novel type titles. I uh, know. Uh,
0: Far- Farming already had its first episode. And it actually oh, really? has its second episode tomorrow, but uh, we haven't gotten oh, Chainsaw I, I guess Man. It wasn't yet. on
2: uh, High Dive yet, actually, I think.
0: Yeah, it took uh, High Dive a couple of days to get a couple of them, but uh, it's mostly caught up. And I have to say, High Dive is now unquestionably worth the five bucks a month
2: that AMC stepped now? it up once. Uh, once AMC got involved. They threw their money full force into High Dive. We're now getting
0: a good four to five shows per season that I actively want to watch from them. So that's enough to get me in the door.
2: And it's extremely affordable on top of it all. Only five bucks a month if you're paying month by month.
0: What is Uh, it, like 40 a year or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty reasonable. That, not uh, sponsored. Hashtag please sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, sure. Maybe we, yeah, I'll take that sponsorship. Sure. Um, yes, there's several, including one that I need to yell about, but can't yell about yet. And I'll get to that. Um, but I suppose, Franji, I'll let you choose. Do you want to hear our sort of final thoughts retrospective on the summer season or some of our initial reactions from fall?
1: Well, I don't want to make you guys rehash things you've already talked about on the podcast. I wouldn't mind the summer season personally because I'm always behind, but I don't want to make everybody else behind. So you, well, you guys just no, uh, do what we've you... We've actually
0: spent the past couple of weeks doing the previews for fall. Yeah. Um. So we haven't actually commented on a lot of the finales that uh, we've mentioned things as they've been going and said, you know, Very briefly, all right, this one's yeah, that we're into. Yeah, but uh, we haven't actually put that final thought stamp on it all. So we actually were planning on doing that today anyway. So no well, then, worries there. Yeah,
1: then go for it. I mean Alrighty. without spoilers.
0: And yeah. Um <laughs> I'm just going to do this alphabetically. Um Yeah, that's kind of how I have the it night. Yeah Call of the Night. Frangi, is this one you've heard of at all? What's it called? Call, Call of, the, of the, night.
1: the Night. No, I haven't even heard of it. God, I'm so
2: far behind. I live in a Me. I live in a rock. No, it, it, it was was, it was on High Dive. Yeah.
0: Okay. So this was it's, a it's dark horse. Things. Things candidate yeah. that just came out of nowhere and has top 10 potential like there's a good chance right now i'd put it in my top 10
2: sweet um, i'm writing my this top down 10
0: as well it, it is writing this down. um the effective story is a a guy who has insomnia and just can't fall asleep decides to go out in the night because it's quiet and it's pretty and he he wants to get out of his house and while he's out he meets a vampire. And basically, the concept of vampires in this world is that a vampire can suck your blood and you won't be turned. In order to be turned, you need to fall in love with the vampire and have them suck your blood. And there's some very interesting sort of commentary on relationships, but also for the first several episodes, it's effectively just the main two characters. And they carry the show. And then in the second half, you start getting a lot more characters introduced. I'm trying to avoid spoilers here, but all the characters end up being very engaging, very colorful. Aesthetically, the show is gorgeous.
2: Oh my God. Like one of the most beautiful shows
0: this year. If lo-fi neon vibes could be an anime, it would be this (laughs) anime. I
2: mean, I'm going to import this soundtrack. That's how good it is. Like, the opening theme is a banger. The ending theme is a banger. They're both done by a uh, hip-hop duo called Creepy Nuts. Um, I, I found myself singing along at least to the opening because I cannot pronounce Japanese fast enough to keep up with the raps.
0: <laughs> um, like, is, it's very good. Definitely yeah. one to actually look into.
1: Okay, I'm going to look into that. Especially, I think because those are not the types of vibes or visuals that I would that I think of when I think of vampires. So I'm like, yeah, oh, that, that's that'll be interesting that too. Th- this
0: is not Gothic horror vampire. This is not nah. sparkly. Uh, this you is surprisingly know, crazy not vampires. like
2: buck vampire. Considering the fact that like buck ticks done the opening for like four. I think like vampire animes, <laughs> and this one happened to be in the same. Uh, block of television in Japan that another vampire anime came out like back in 2012 I think Shiki I think it was 2012 or 2011 or something like that. So uh, which again it was like vampires and Noitamina uh, or or however that's pronounced. Like I was just like okay a little curious and it turned out to be just a vibe. The show is a vibe. <laughs> it's really good. And
0: we should move on because we have a lot of stuff to yeah, cover today. Um, a Engage um, Kiss was uh, a mediocre demon hunter anime that kind of went off the rails at the end. It was A1 Pictures. It looks very nice. And it had some promise. And it didn't flop at the end. But it was just a little out the there and not of, super satisfying to me.
2: It was left like that because... It's part of a larger project with Square Enix for a mobile game called Engage Kill. And the mobile game isn't even out yet. Like, they don't even have the beta open in Japan yet. similar to what
0: they're doing with um, Takuto P. Destiny, from what I understand.
2: Yeah. And so, like, I think that that's why it kind of fell flat at the end, was just, like, they kind of needed to find a way to be like... And now play the game.
0: I guess. But (laughs) the thing is, it didn't even really hit me as compelling to play the game. But bottom line is, yeah, same here. It it was passable. If somebody said, hey, I really want to watch the show, I'd say, yeah, sure, I guess. Go for it. It it wasn't offensive or anything, but I'm not going to recommend it to anyone. Uh, Licorice Recoil, though, is one that I will recommend. It is described in short as John Wick with Anime Girls. And frankly, I agree.
2: Yeah, it's part of that girls with guns uh subcategory with things like uh Madlax and uh Noir or uh the very appropriately named uh what what was it, Machine Gun Girl or something like that? I, I think so, I can't yeah. I don't remember the title, but yeah, like Oh Gunslinger Girl. Oh, Gunslinger that girl, that girl. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, like it's very much of that genre. It's, it's not a war
0: show that yeah. this
2: is there's a lot of intrigue to it, because there's yeah. a sort of mystery going on involving, um, let, let's just say... Uh, there's a lot of conspiracy stuff going on. Uh, yeah, like uh, Black Widow's Red Room-type things going
0: on. But it's cool. But, it's fun. Definitely yeah. recommended. Uh, uh, Hideo Kojima
2: it, recommends it, so there. Yeah, that's that a big fun. one going for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Uh, Maiden Abyss Um, Season 2 happened, and it was Maiden Abyss Season 2. It is just as beautiful, haunting, and heart-wrenching as Season 1. If you like Season 1, watch Season 2. And if you haven't seen Season 1, go watch Season 1, because Maiden Abyss was of the year 2017.
2: uh, Also Season 2, Classroom of the Elite Season 2. If you like, you know, the dark mind games and all that stuff, you know, and and maybe you remember Season 1, because it was a number of uh, years ago, one of those, like, oh, hey, it came back type situations good thing new season comes out season three next year they already announced it so you won't be waiting long for it but it's basically just more of the same you know uh so i mean if you like that sort of dark intrigue mind games type thing it's pretty good you know uh i mean i i binged all of season one before getting to season two because 13 episodes is nice and quick as opposed to trying to catch up on something like my hero
0: <laughs> i still haven't seen classroom of the elite but it- I've heard enough people say that it's you know good in mind gaming, so maybe I'll get around to it. Yeah, it's it's uh, in your
2: wheelhouse of the mind game stuff. I, I'm sure you'd enjoy it. I'm putting Overlord it down on my four.
0: list. Yeah, Overlord Four continues being one of the best uh, power fantasy isekai shows. It's been around for a while, and if you're watching it, you're going to get more of what you love. And if not, frankly, I would. I'm at the point of just saying, drop one power fantasy isekai per season and watch a season of overlord instead, because it's just better than 75% of the others in its genre. So if you find yourself watching something in that genre, wanting that type of show and are even lukewarm on what you're watching, drop that to watch overlord instead. Um, Ruby ice queendom was a, it was very cool to see studio shaft take on Ruby as a property because given the origins of Ruby to see it done, as a proper anime and by accomplished as shaft was really neat. If you are already into the series, I recommend watching it. It offers a nice additional chapter that we haven't seen before that there is new stuff and it has been confirmed as Canon. If you aren't into Ruby, I don't think this is the thing that will get you into Ruby. Just watch Ruby proper. Um, mm. But it was fine. Not going to be top 10 material, but good for fans and, uh, uh, hopefully it will turn some heads and get a couple other people into Ruby. but it wasn't groundbreaking either. Shadow's House uh, Season 2 was better than Season 1, and Season 1 was already really good.
2: Uh, Phantom of the Idol, fun little comedy. Um, I, I noticed a lot more idol things are coming up, but they're all idols with a twist. In this case, it was a uh, duo of guys. You had the uh, the cute young guy who was into it, and then the slightly older guy who was very apathetic, uh, but he had his own devout followers who liked him because he was that bizarre. And he sees a ghost; it's an idol girl who died, and uh, she still wants a moment to shine. And he wants to keep his cushy job as an idol, so he lets her possess him. And bit by bit, he learns the ropes of how to be an idol. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a cute show. Um, the the odd little CGI. Uh, mocap dance scenes are very cheaply done when you see them singing. The songs are kind of forgettable. The humor, though, uh, because it's the on again, off again personality, reminded me a lot of Detroit Metal City and how Krauser, uh, I forget the character's real name, would uh, have to appear as this death metal vocalist and be like, to kill everybody. And then, like, but on the inside, he's like, I want to write mushy romance songs. Like, it's very much a Jekyll and Hyde type situation that leads to a lot of comedy. I mean, if you feel like something light and fluffy, it's only 10 episodes. Uh, You know, give it a shot. If you want to throw in a palate cleanser in between some dark or violent stuff.
0: Mm. Uh, I do want to wrap back to Shadows House season two, just to say a little bit more. And that's to say, if you haven't seen season one, just see season one, that season (laughs) two is season one was already very good. It would have been in our top 10. If, if Emmy wasn't Kate, And season two, like I said, is even better. Honestly, Shadow's House is one of my favorite shows of the past several years. I cannot recommend it highly enough, and it's gearing up and has just really delivered on all fronts, visually, musically, the characters, the plot. Shadow's House is the full package, and I feel like it's kind of getting buried uh, under some bigger names. So I don't think that it's necessarily underappreciated, but I think some people sort of forget about it amidst the noise. So go watch Shadow's mm. House if you aren't already. Like, Franji, I forget if you've seen that one. Which one? Shadow's House.
1: Shadow's House? Yeah, I've seen some of it. Um, I never finished all of season one, but I did get A's in.
0: Definitely worth it. Just yeah, trust me on this. And I'm not just uh. saying it because Emmy's the lead. Uh, the next one is, that I have on my list is Devil's Apart Timer season two, which, well, we got season two. Holy crap. I did watch Uh, the
1: first episode of that one. Yes.
0: It reminds us that the title is The Devil is a Part-Timer, not The Devil Works at McDonald's because we don't set foot in McDonald's basically the entire season, but it still (laughs) was very fun. And I think it's probably good they moved out of there anyways because they would have run out of gimmicks pretty quickly uh, because they already got 12 episodes out of it. But it was fun and there's a lot of world building for Heaven and Hell and some cool stuff. It's, you know... It's again not groundbreaking. Season one wasn't groundbreaking, but it's just fun.
2: Uh, I'm a sucker for uh, I'm a sucker for visual flash. So uh, for something that had a very small studio that doesn't have much behind it uh, to do an original anime um, is always kind of impressive. And I love period pieces. Uh, Shine on Bakamatsu Bad Boys is a uh, Shinsengumi story. So If you're familiar with uh, the Shinsengumi that have been featured in uh, uh, the uh, 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 shoujo game uh, uh, Hakuoki, or even the Shinsengumi stories of that were part of Gintama or Rurouni Kenshin, you'll be familiar with the character names at least, except it's about a bunch of people who are about to be executed who take on the names of the former Shinsengumi members who were all slaughtered and take up their swords to fight an evil organization uh, so to speak, that's Trying to completely derail the course of history. Um, it's it's a great little occultist show. The character designer uh, was Hiroyuki Takei, the guy behind Shaman King. Uh, literally, one of the characters just straight up looks like Yo Asakura, but all scarred and badass looking. Um, it's a fun show. It's very flashy, very stylish, um, and the opening draws you in because it's it's uh, Takenori Nishikawa or, or Nishimura rather, uh, aka tm revolution so i mean like if tm revolution's music is enough to suck you into an anime like uh like how it was with gundam seed or you know it's just like yeah this this will get you with the uh the flashy animation the historical story and uh all that stuff
0: Mm, yeah uh (laughs) the yakuza's guide to babysitting oops sorry
2: trying to go fast with all these because there were so many shows we watched there were (laughs)
0: yeah uh Yakuza's it's, guide to babysitting was fun. Fluffy, you know, it's yeah. it's it's a cute babysitting show. Um yeah. there were some very heartfelt moments. It's not really one to write home about, but if you're looking for some just light fluffy stuff that um yeah. I'm trying to find a good analogy. Um
2: I mean, yeah. uh, it's it's kind of like uh, I can't compare it to Spy Family because Spy Family is a recent no. show, too. No, um, I mean,
0: this is not I, Spy I Family. Sing,
2: well, no, no. It's it's sort of that character has to take care of a younger character, so they change a little bit, type of way. That's what oh, I was yeah. going to compare it to that. But, and I will just um, say it,
0: between the two, just watch Spy Family.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, uh, kind of, it's also got a vibe similar to Way of the House Husband because it's also that. Yakuza has to do something non Yakuza like. Yeah. And um, just the, the
0: idea of this, you know, very serious gangster character being pulled out of that world and sort of uh, discovering that they are, in fact, human, even if they might not know it. And that uh, the main character is much more adept at being a caring father figure than he gives himself credit for in a lot of ways. But at the same time, background is
2: infamous along the lines of like, say, Kenshin Himura and Ruroni Kenshin, where it was like, oh my God, Batosai, like, what was it? Like, he was called the dragon or something like that before, like, because he straight up just went in and destroyed other Yakuza families, like, just beat the hell out of them and left them a bloody mess. So, like, everybody had this sort of uh, like wanting vengeance against him. And then they see him now with a little kid and they're like, no. What happened
0: to you? <laughs> yeah, basically. But at, but at the same time, <laughs> if you cross him and if you touch a hair on that girl's head, you will be reminded why he has his reputation.
2: Yeah. So, And I think that that little bit of drama, that little bit of character development was really what kept on drawing me back into the show yeah. was either you had the wholesome cuteness of the interaction with the little girl or you had the drama of his dark past coming back to the surface every once in a while.
0: Yeah, it wasn't uh, top 10 material, but it was a very easy watch. It's a and very it was, notable it, show, yeah. Yeah, it was something um, that I was more than happy to tune into every week. Uh, Uncle from Another World has had production issues. The first six, seven episodes were great. Um, yeah, Not necessarily top 10 material, but thoroughly entertaining. Uh, the later episodes have been delayed just yeah. due to production issues. So hopefully we will get those soon. Um very it's, enjoyable
2: show, though, yeah. in my opinion. I I love the uh, I love the shout outs to Sega. They must clearly be. Uh, I haven't noticed in the credits or not if they're sponsored,
0: but I, I, I assume, assume it has it's to be, be because it. they are using the be. actual name Sega. It's not like they're calling it Saga yeah. or Suga. That they're yeah, just, it is the actual they're, brand they're name they're, they're mentioning. Out shouting
2: out na- uh, games, Guardian mm-hmm. Heroes, and stuff like that. He talks about the Sega Saturn so much. I still love when he comes back from uh, the coma in the first episode. So, did they win the war? Who, who win what war? Sega! Did Tell they me they're the very Consul successful. Award. Award. <laughs> yeah. That alone had me laughing. But at the same time, it also has me going, oh, I'm old. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, I uh, realize I just, that he's been in a coma since then.
0: Yeah, I realize we sort of buried the lead here for Frangi. Uncle from another world. Uh, the concept is Guy gets isekai and then, after 17 years, comes back from the isekai world. And time has passed IRL. And oh, okay. he is now living with his nephew uh, because he has no other family. Got it. Got it. The got thing it. is, he retained all of his memories from the other world and his powers from the other world. <laughs> and he was the <laughs> okay isekai protagonist in this other world. And now is reacclimating to society because uh, the difference was um, you know, e- like late 90s, early 2000s versus today, and having to deal with the catch up of technology and that smartphones, you know, high speed internet, uh, is in it uh sounds like my everyday idea.
1: life, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and so uh. the the hand-wavy justification they use is that he becomes a YouTuber because he's able to do all these magical things and write them off as practical effects. And that, (laughs) you know, of of course, he's not actually using magic. He's just very skilled at CG or practical effects. uh, Meanwhile, he and his nephew going through various wacky scenarios um, and also him recounting his time in the other world where he is just a
2: Literally pulling it up
0: like a DVD
2: player, like into thin air, complete with the joke of, wait, you can change the languages like that? I, I saw this on one of the uh, what, what you call DVDs now. <laughs> in the meanwhile,
0: you also find out in the other world that he was incredibly dense and could not figure out that Sundere Elf Girl is actually very much falling for him. And he's just too dumb to notice it. Like, painfully so. They they, they, thought he was an
2: orc slash ogre because of how ugly he is compared to everybody else because he's just an unremarkable nerd guy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this isn't quite ugly bastard level. No, Um, no, it really isn't, actually. But, you know, in this other fantasy world, everyone's very conventionally attractive. So him being below average by, you know, Earth standards, not necessarily hideous, but, you know, eh, that he sticks out like a sore thumb in that world and that it's used basically as a half plot device, half gag. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a perfectly serviceable show there. Uh, I think the last one for the summer season would be yours, Jace, with Vermilion and Gold. A
2: few, because uh, there was Tokyo Mew Mew New. If uh, you like magical girls or you remember the original or unfortunately remember the four kids dub. (laughs) Uh Um, This is a great uh, modernization. They brought it up to modern time. So they aged up the characters. They are no longer like middle schoolers, you know, like where it feels kind of creepy and pervy. Like they are meant to be like 16, 17 ish, you know, years old. Um, And it uh there's there's like smartphones and stuff like that they they modernized it and uh they changed up the story just a little bit it's not exactly like the original but it still hits a lot of the same story beats as the original manga and the original anime did um it did leave off on a sort of to be continued i think they did uh confirm it's coming back next year for another 13 episode or 12 episode run so yeah if you're feeling a little nostalgic or you like magical girls good to go for with that uh and gold um i i can say that at first you're going to feel like it's deep into the fan service type of uh situation um because of the fact that you got this kid who he's in a magic school and he's not super like you know he's he's a decent student but he's not super impressive he needs to summon a familiar for his exam and what happens this book falls out of the bookcase he uses the book summons a super op hot demon girl and you think it's just going to be this like uh haha fan servicey magical thing um they slap you with several Utana references right down to the shadow girls going did you hear did you hear i'm like what yeah, no, they're like, they have duels on top of a platform high up in the sky, uh-huh. which the first time that happened, I just started going, <laughs> and then several episodes in, I'm like, yeah, no, they did not just hit me with two Utena references in one shot. But anyway, long story short, it's a good, it's, it's surprisingly wholesome for something that has a lot of etchy and has a darker story. And just to throw one more Uta to reference in, there's a villain voiced by Takehiro Koyasu, Toga Kiryu, on top of <laughs> it all. Uh, but I mean, it it was an enjoyable show. Like It is something that I will actually say, if you like a good fantasy, if you can put up with ecchi, they handle it actually very well. It's not even like she's drawn in a super unrealistic way for her proportions. Uh, Marissa's first comment on it was, oh my God, her boobs moved like real boobs. There's actual droop to that. Like, that was her first comment on it after watching the, I, I was like, wow, okay. Like, I, I would not have noticed or said that right away, but now that you mentioned it, yes, this is Accurate not going- droop
1: physics is important. Yeah,
2: it's, <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to something like uh, Yu. you know, it's, it's like, no, this isn't plot like, haha ha, plot there's actually a story that goes on because he does have a special magic about it. And they develop a worthwhile, wholesome relationship as this goes on, because you find out her dark past of why she got locked up in the book and everything. And it's, it is really good. I'm hoping for a season two next year, or at least in a couple of years from now, I want to see this story continue. Otherwise I will hunt down the manga or novel or whatever it's based off of it and continue it that way because I really liked it. Um, and finishing up in a couple of weeks, episode 11 is Sunday, 12 will be uh, the week after that. Uh, Futo P.I., uh, Futo Detective. Um, I love Common um, Rider. I'm a tokusatsu nerd. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm biased. But even if you haven't seen the original live action that it's the sequel to, um, it does a great job of just bringing you right into that world of transforming hero fights monsters type of thing. Uh, it's a detective show. Each story arc is told in a three-part story, so each story is three episodes long. Um, there is... Uh, There are more volumes of manga to uh, adapt, so I have a feeling if they want to, they could continue on forward with it. Um, But as it is right now, this seems like it might be a 12-episode and done, you know, one-and-done type deal because it was produced to commemorate the 50th anniversary of Kamen Rider this year. So, and they've never done a legitimate animated Kamen Rider series. This is the very first ever time because it's based off of a sequel manga that's written by the original uh, showrunner. So I'm hoping for a season two. It is very much fan service for people who've watched the original show, but it's very accessible to people who've never watched the original show as well. Um, Great monster designs. They feel like something just as twisted as Jojo stands. Um... It's it's like they took the concept of, okay, we can't make this suit for a show, but damn, it would look good in a manga, and it looks just as good animated. So Futopiai is one of my personal recommendations, and it's almost over. It's technically a, uh, a summer anime, and I think that covers think everything it. we watched. Yeah, sorry, we
0: kind of had to barrel rich. through that, Franji, <laughs> and didn't give you a, a ton of time to talk because we had so many. No, um,
1: this is what I needed. <laughs> I wrote down a whole bunch of stuff, and if if you guys like said something too fast, I had I had our wonderful engineer Neo Ivan helping me on the back end. I was like, wait, what was that one called? What was that one called? <laughs> so I got I got to listen.
0: I'm stuff. frustrated because I haven't seen PI or Vermeer and Gold, and the thing is, the more that Jace is saying. I might have to pick them up, and I can't pick them up this season because, good lord, am I already watching a lot of shows this season? And there's still like you three or four that haven't
2: yet so far out I of nineteen one, shows. And God. then I'm going to throw in the Netflix uh, dumps on top of it all because they decided to just straight up slap us upside the face. Uh, my buddy Rick dropped into the Discord the fact that JoJo Stone Ocean Part Three. They just dropped part two uh, last month, and they're just going, no time to wait. Here's part three, December 1st. I'm like, no, Netflix. No, I can't do binge sessions. I'm too busy with shows weekly. Stop well, doing this to plan, me, Netflix. The time
0: December rolls around, you'll already be knee-deep in other stuff, and it'll be the holidays, and you'll need to you know, have something when you're not hanging with family. So there you go.
2: Oh, it's not like I have much family to hang with, really. It's just my mom considering like my cousin moved to texas and all that's left well is, there like, you go that cool means you'll have time to watch yeah <laughs> uh, maybe <laughs> maybe depends that if i'm weighed down with an actual nine to five on top of it all because that's mm. the only way i've been able to keep up with this plus like i forgot i think it's something like nine hours of wrestling a week on top of it all it's like why am i not how am i not getting paid for watching this much time <laughs> But But, yeah,
0: so now actually moving on to the fall season. uh, Let's just go alphabetically here again. Akiba made war. Watch that's on my to watch. I need to made war. (laughs) I can't top say anything else. Yeah, I will say this: it is a school live style, or not school live style. It is a school live degree of. Oh, I didn't expect that in episode one. In, in like three weeks, I'll start talking about it more openly uh, because, you know, these are, uh, these are episode one spoilers. And I do want to give folks who might not have watched it, you know, in the three days since it dropped, I don't want to spoil it yet. After a couple of weeks, I will openly discuss what is going on. But for now, I'm just going to say watch Akiba Made War. It is done by PA Works. It's a really good animation. And they just have this incredible twist. And it looks great doing it. And I'm very, very interested to see where it goes from here.
2: Uh, It's it's, it's, on my to-do list because that was definitely one of the top ones. After seeing the trailer, I was like, I need to watch this. And as soon as I saw it was coming to High Dive, I'm like, thank God I'm buying this. Thing. Thank God that five bucks a month is paying off. Because, like, I got five soon-to-be-six shows because we don't know when Urusei Yatsura is starting yet. So Wait, what? Yeah, I've got, there more I've Urusei- got six shows. What?
0: Yeah, they're Urusei rebooting Yatsura's it. Urusei
2: getting a brand new adaptation. What? Episodes, I think they announced. What? Um, yeah. Uh, and it, on top of it all, it's Studio David. It's the guys behind Jojo on top of it all. Oh, uh, Lord Almighty. Yeah, so, I mean, you got the guys behind Jojo doing a remake of Urisei Yatsura. It's coming out sometime this season, and it's going to run for close to a year. It doesn't look like they're doing this in parts. It looks like it's going to be a continuous 42 episodes. So That one's all-
0: on high dive. Yep. Wow.
1: Okay, I'm That's what I was saying.
0: Up. I've got six shows on High die right now. Are you watching Beast Tamer?
2: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's not an isekai. It is a sort of power fantasy. Um, you got this guy, and he's literally the role in an RPG family uh, 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 story. He is the Beast Tamer, um, and he's in the Heroes Party, and they kick him out. Like, they they see him as like, oh, yeah, you were just useful because, like, your animals would carry the stuff for us and blah, 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 blah. So he decides to try to go solo, and he has a little bit of a hard time with it, and he saves this cat girl. And it turns out that cat girls, the the cat spirit species, is one of the rarest of all things, and they are wild. They're not just people. They are a monster-type thing. And he sort of saves slash befriends her, and then actually puts her under a permanent contract to him, not a temporary one, like he's been doing with all the little Cinderella beasties. And so we're gonna get a sort of power fantasy slash kind of haremy, because of course all the other characters he's gonna come into contact with are female um type of situation. Uh, you got a couple of I think fairies, a dragon um and one uh and a kitsune girl uh that are going to enter the story uh just based on the key art you see all of that it seems like it's going to be a fun show though it it seems like it's going to follow that it could be very etchy based on the character designs and based on the setup i think it's going to be more of a surprisingly wholesome comedy because he's just he's just a beast tamer he cares about Every little thing. He's he's the druid of the of of your D and D group, basically. <laughs> and having played a druid, I'm also a little partial to that. But it it just seemed like it was going to be a fun, funny show. And it's on uh, Crunchyroll. Uh, new episodes on Sundays. Uh, and speaking of Sundays, this is definitely i I believe we agree. This is a lock for top ten this uh, this year. Gundam.
0: Like, it, it's yeah. difficult to say after a single, well, two episodes because there's the prologue in that, but holy cow. Yeah. Gundam, the witch from Mercury, and finally, Franji, this is one that you can actually comment on because you've seen it as well. It just sort of kicked in the door and said, hi, nice to meet you. I'm here for top 10 consideration. You know what? Maybe <laughs> make that top five. Just, it. <laughs> The, Except in, it wasn't in, that polite. No, it wasn't that polite. <laughs> in episode one, it just rips your heart out, tosses it on the ground and say, hey, want to see me do it again?
1: Yeah, honestly. Honestly, I mean, I would to be usually I wait until the end of a Gundam show to be bawling my eyes out. But for me to do it in the prologue episode was kind of like, oh, crap, this sets the biggest expectations ever. Uh, and, and then the the falling into the cockpit, how that happened. I've I've not seen anything quite like that before.
0: Yeah, and just then they're setting up what looks to be not only your usual war stuff, but there's political intrigue that's being teased at in the traditional one Gundam proper. trope. I yeah, mean, well, like they yeah.
2: jumped into it, but rather than political, they're doing a uh, dystopian business political.
0: Yeah, we're going corpo takeover here. Um, yeah. And then there's just Utna. Utina yeah. everywhere, <laughs>
2: straight, straight <laughs> up, straight. Up. Like I thought it was weird that we've had now two seasons in a row Utina references because first we had it in Vermeer and Gold, but now it's just straight up. I, I've been calling this Revolutionary Girl Gundam. At if this I point. had a nickel
0: for every time we had a Revolutionary Girl Utina uh, knockoff in the past two seasons, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird. It happened twice. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Especially back to back like this. But yeah, I really freaking uh I, I loved it. Like Marissa and I were just sold on it instantly.
0: Um, and it is as it I is found a highlight out, <laughs> um of relevance at it. I I was initially not going to be watching it because you know I am I'm not really a Gundam fan and I was just like eh, it's another Gundam show, I'll probably pass. But then as soon as the first episode dropped. I had several folks just raving about it, so I quickly hopped on. But the thing that really just sort of locked it in for me, um, I need to find the name. One second.
1: Oh, names are in my head. There, I've yeah, been watching something. long enough. Um, Stick.
0: The series composition is being done by Ichiro Okouchi, who is the series composition director for Princess Principal, Devilman Crybaby, Lupin the oh, Third, Yes, uh, Skate the Infinity and the writer and series composition director for Code Geass. Mm. There's your reference. And there's your <laughs> reference. But <laughs> also the fact that it's literally the mind behind Code Geass that is giving us this iteration of Gundam. And okay, yeah, if I wasn't in already now, I was definitely going to be in. And then sure enough, prologue in episode one, by the way, do watch the prologue that is required viewing that is not just it is is a
2: very important setup um just to give you that corpo structure um the i it's it's it is like because i'm a star wars nerd of course i listen to all the audiobooks and it's kind of like how listening to uh one of the audiobooks before seeing episode eight makes uh rose tico's character that much more impactful um i can't remember the name of the book offhand the prologue is the exact same way with this it is one of those things where it's really going to give you more on the main character it's really going to set up the corpo background uh and uh the whole intrigue slash like backstabbing all that other stuff going on with it um It is proving to be a very non-traditional Gundam show. And as been proven before with Gundam Wing and G Gundam and the like, non-traditional Gundam shows do extremely well internationally. So I have a feeling that this thing is going to be gangbusters, and they're either going to, because of course, Gundam's all about the merchandise. So merchandising, as they say. (laughs) this is going to be something that they will find a way to spin off continue whatever beyond this initial run (laughs) so it 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 drew me in instantly oh also uh also of note very cyberpunk because of the uh the gunned system which is i i thought it was amazing i posted in uh anime science in my anime specifically sci-fi like gundam um because of the fact that like they point out when you're in space you lose bone mass and your muscles do get weaker especially if you come back to earth mm. um uh, uh i i forgot what it was something something uh osteopenia was was the technical term the term is right there spelled out for you in that prologue episode explaining why they need these cybernetic enhancements as humans move into outer space. It's very logical. It does make sense. But between that and the corporations, it ties back into something from previous season that we surprisingly glossed over because it was a net animation. It was a Netflix original. Cyberpunk 2077, Runners.
0: Well, we didn't gloss over it. We spent an entire... Oh... Today, you mean? We, yeah, today. We, we we, entire, we still, yeah, we spent an entire. We we spent an entire episode on it a couple weeks ago. uh you're yeah. right. We did forget to mention it as technically uh, part of the summer twenty twenty two season because that's when it dropped on Netflix, but it wasn't airing. Bronji, um, I know that you're at least marginally aware of it because you're in the Dekei chat uh, with Emmy, and that obviously her playing Lucy has been a big deal. Yes. Uh, do watch Cyberpunk Edge Runners. You don't need to know anything about the cyberpunk games. Just, it is... Future. Warning, it might make
2: you want to play the game. <laughs> yeah, the game
0: actually uh, saw a huge resurgence in the number of uh, players. It actually became the biggest game on Steam again for a couple of days. So uh, the game itself has absolutely benefited from the show being so successful. And that, like I said, you don't need to worry about any prior knowledge going in. I've never played any cyberpunk games. It's just, hey, yeah, uh, cyber futuristic dystopia, and you'll, you'll go from there. That they do a and wonderful of job the elements of building of that, the world. Uh,
2: dystopian cyberpunk future are part of this Gundam. On top of it all, so yeah, it's
0: like, there are parallels, absolutely parallels here. Uh, but we so, should probably well, move on from yeah, raving moving, moving about onward, that, because um, I'm sure we're going to rave about it a lot this season. Bibliophile yeah. Princess, I just watched earlier today. The concept here, Franji, this is a shoujo, and you have this, uh, it's the daughter of a duke or baron, so lower royalty, and think Belle from Beauty and the Beast, that uh, she loves reading, that her entire family loves books, but uh, she in particular, she wants nothing more in life than to just read, read, read. Meanwhile, the uh, heir to the throne, the crown prince of the kingdom, Approaches her and says, I'd like you to be my fiance. I acknowledge that we do not have any romantic feelings for each other, but I don't want to deal with royal politics and with the different royal factions that are all squabbling. Your family isn't attached to any of these factions because they are, you know, quote unquote, lower nobility. Meanwhile, I don't think that you or anyone in your family is problematic or is going to try and, you know, undermine me or vie for power. So, if you will agree to be my fiance, I will not bother you at all. I will give you all the time and space to read the books. I will give you access to the Royal Library. Yeah. So you can read as many books as you want. And then you won't have to worry about attending uh, any social balls or worry about courtships with others because you'll be committed to me. Meanwhile, I won't have to deal with courtships or other social events with people trying to become my bride. This is a mutually beneficial agreement. How about it? And she says, well, you know, I wasn't sure about everything, but as soon as you said the Royal Library, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's got that old school shoujo look. Oh, yeah. It's a very um, pretty. Studio Madhouse.
2: And uh, I, cool. Madhouse sold me on it right away, but the artwork from that key visual reminded me of things like Rose of Versailles and Utana. And of course, I am a very much an old school person. So seeing that art style had me going, like, ooh. And then reading the synopsis had me going, oh, like Beauty and the Beast. Yet another thing Beauty I realized. Beauty so. and the Beast,
0: but without the uh, Stockholm Syndrome? Without the Beast. Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. So uh, and- I. Uh, I need to watch that. It'll probably be something i watch tomorrow.
0: (laughs) They've set up some interesting things that um, there's a lot of very nice character moments in the first episode, and it feels very poised for, you know, they have entered into this relationship with the acknowledgement that neither has feelings for the other, but it feels pretty obvious that they're going to fall for each other eventually, and that it's just going to be your pretty standard shoujo romance. But. Uh, it has the look. The characters are colorful, and it, if you're in the mood for that type of thing, this seems like it's very promising.
1: Bibliophile uh, princess, okay, I'm writing this down too. Yeah. Thank you.
0: <laughs> uh, Chainsaw Man has not aired yet. Bleach has not aired yet. Uh, we uh, did finally Man find out debuts that on Tuesday. Yeah, actually, and we so. found, finally found out that Bleach is going to be airing on Hulu, something that has been inexplicably withheld for a very long time i'm guessing that there was something caught up in the licensing agreements for why it took so long for them to announce this but yay now we know hulu um yeah. oh i'm the villainous so i'm taming the final boss yes so this is uh you watched uh my next life is a villainous all routes lead to doom right frangie
1: no, I just heard you talk about it for like the entire Dang time it. I was on podcast with you.
0: <laughs> okay, well, anyway, so it, it is vaguely similar in the sense of, you know, it is a girl who is reborn as the villainous of a Otome game. We have the divergence from there that, did that. you know, core concept is the same here. Uh, she recovers her IRL memories at what would be a major point in the game where the villainess is finally spurned by the crown prince and sent away. And she remembers, oh, in all the endings, the villainess is either going to die, or potentially, even uh, if, if the uh, final boss does not get uh, contained, that he could destroy the entire kingdom along with me. So she goes out and starts courting the demon prince who is the normal prince's uh, estranged brother, effectively. And she basically says, hi, I know exactly who you are, but I'm not afraid of you. I'd like to be your bride. And he, this demon prince who has been shunned by society because of his powers is taken aback at this curious girl who doesn't seem to be afraid of him. And he doesn't necessarily have feelings for her, Just yet, but the fact that anyone is uh, expressing any sort of interest in him at all is something that he doesn't have experience with. So he says, fine, we'll see how this goes. And they're doing some very fun things with uh, this demon prince obviously not being actually as demonic as his title would have you believe. She's very smart, very well-meaning. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a good time. Maybe not uh, All Roots Lead to Doom level of good, but something that I'm, I've already seen episode two, very excited to see where it goes from here.
2: Uh, I'd say uh, I, I caught uh, a few others uh, from this week so far. Uh, Human Crazy University. So the studio that did this is mostly known for... Uh, animations that aren't quite animations we're talking that uh we're, we're talking animated comics very i i think that they were the animation studio behind um uh uh way of the house husband i could be wrong i i don't remember off the top of my head um this is their first go at a full-length half-hour show um And I don't want to talk too much about episode one without spoiling it. But it is an awful lot of talking and explaining and weird, weird science, so to speak, (laughs) um, because he's a death row inmate who survived. And I will leave it at that. I did post in uh, the Discord in the anime section um, a spoiler without context uh, from The Simpsons uh, GIF. If you know the scene from The Simpsons, you kind of understand why he didn't die from being killed, um, to a degree. Um, and thus, he's going to be studied at this bizarre university of sorts. Um, but because of its odd animation style, the quirky concept, all of this, it is the sort of acid trip that you would expect to see on Adult Swim. And I feel would do really good well on there, but it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea because of the animation style being so static and low-budget. Um, It's amazing that a half-hour show can have this artwork style, um, but it definitely was enjoyable. Um, Joel, did you see Eminence in Shadow yet?
0: Yes, I have. Did you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I caught that uh, just here... before we went live. The first episode of *The Eminence in Shadow* is effectively a prologue that you aren't actually getting to the meat of it. The concept here, Franji, is that there is this guy who has always wanted to be a superhero, effectively, and that you know, little kids all the time say, "I want to be a superhero when I grow up," and he never grew out of that phase. That he's slightly a, you know a tuning. But at the same time, he has also actually, over the years, starting when he was young and had this aspiration for the first time, taken martial arts and studied weapon use and actually become something of a Batman character where he is not superpowered, has all this tactical and practical martial arts prowess. And uh, the first episode is him basically saving a classmate from a kidnapper.
1: Is this in a world and, where there's no heroes at all? Like, like it, this is well, like just a normal world completely?
0: And, uh, episode one takes place in our world. That is 100% real. And it's just, okay. you know, this guy has gotten strong through cool. legitimate training. And then he's hit by a truck at the end of the first episode. And oh, God, it's it, an
1: isekai. <laughs>
0: and then he's isekai. But now he's <sighs> isekai has martial arts prowess, and magic.
1: Okay, so now he's definitely a superhero. Good for you, dude. Good for you. Now he's actually getting
0: Except- to be a superhero. And the, <laughs> the synopsis the suggests, suggests that he's going to be taking the role of a tactician of sorts. Um, but the other thing that is spoiled in the synopsis is he finds a girl and basically to impress her says, oh, uh, the world is being actually controlled from the shadows by this cult and that they've infiltrated all ranks of society, um, the government, that, you know, uh, it's this shadowy organization that actually is plotting to take over the world. And she believes him. And he's starting to string her along, but it turns out he wasn't wrong. There actually is a cult in the shadows that's uh, planning to take over the world, and they hear that someone's on to them. And things go from there, or at least they will go from there. We've only had episode one so far but it's looking pretty good the the isekai world outfits are super stylish like they they have these really cool black trench coats with gold trim it's it's very extra it's very extra but it looks really neat oh no cosplay oh no Mm -hmm. cosplay budget Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's a fun one um Uh, Hopping around to the last couple that we have, reincarnated as a sword is not worth your time. It is exactly what it says on the tin. A guy is reincarnated as a sword. And imagine, Franji, you've seen reincarnated as a slime. Yes, that's a great one. Imagine reincarnated as a slime, but with a sword. Mm. And take out all the good parts of reincarnated as a slime. (laughs) Take out the engaging characters (laughs) take out the intriguing plot and just have it be generic beating of monsters and seeing stat numbers go up and collecting abilities. But just that in really boring montages. And that's all reincarnated as the sword is. Don't watch it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Um, of note, Friday releases. Um, Legend of Mana just dropped today, the first episode. It is uh, to commemorate the 25th anniversary of that SNES game uh, releasing in Japan. Um, I played the game. I like the game. It looks beautiful as an anime. I'm gonna keep watching it just because. Uh, If you've played the game or you were curious about the game, it's worth watching. Um, On High Dive, My Master Has No Tail is a Friday show. Um, If you understand Japanese uh, culture and humor, then you're going to get this. This is a similar situation to Teppen or a few other shows um, because it's about Nakugo. It's a period piece set in the Meiji era uh, about a Tanuki girl in a changing world where everything is modernizing and people, you know, are no longer believing in myths and stuff like that because we've got electricity. We've got cars that are starting to become a thing. You know, and... So she's seen as kind of a nuisance, and, you know, her her life literally gets put in danger when people form a mob at one point, chasing her around. Um, But she stumbles into a Rakugo show, in which uh, it's a storyteller, basically like a storytelling version of stand-up, but storytelling. Heavy on the puns plays very because that's where Japanese humor mostly is is a lot of wordplay. But what I really liked is that at the very end of the episode, after the credits roll, there's actually a little part where she explains <coughs> the uh, the puns and the story that was given in the episode to you.
0: Does so, explaining the joke actually make the joke better? Um. Well,
2: legitimate question here. Is, here's the thing. Not understanding the joke, like, or the, like, for me, I've studied Japanese, I'm not fluent in it, but I understand a lot of the wordplay, um, and so, and I love puns, so I enjoyed it. The part at the very end is more because I believe these are real traditional Rakugo jokes that have been, like, catalogued. I think that they are word-for-word real jokes that were pulled from somewhere. And that's why she's explaining it, um, so it's like his at the end stuff that's cool yeah it's it's kind of cool because you've got that, and basically she becomes enthralled by it because, okay, well, I can't fool people by doing my traditional to things because it made everybody angry, and it could put my life at risk because you know nobody really believes in these things anymore, and you know we're considered a nuisance but what if I could fool people with this because it makes people imagine the story as they go along and it has people laughing and thinking. And there's a part of me because I'm a performer that loves that element of the character that she's so drawn to performing and the, the, uh, the thrill of the stage. And I, I kind of just get sucked into it between the period piece, the themes and that, um, so it is. It's an interesting show. It is not. Uh, it is not a show for everybody because just like uh, last season, tepen was about uh, comedy troops telling jokes, uh, trying to compete to become the top comedy act, comedy trio uh, in Japan, and it was a lot of wacky comedy, and it was funny. But if you, it was only funny if you understood the wordplay to a degree because it's very kind of rapid fire and stuff. This is a lot slower because it's a storytelling type of comedy, but it is also just purely wholesome because you have this cute little innocent Tanuki girl who just has that passion. And I can't wait to watch episode two actually, uh, after we're done with this episode, because I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun.
0: So, uh, and just wrapping up the last couple ones, uh, the last original or new show of the season is, that I'm watching is Raven of the Inner Palace, yes. which is oh. this pseudo War of the Three Kingdoms Chinese style era yeah. thing, but it's it's you know alternate world. There it is. It's very much grounded in reality that this could be our world. Um, yeah that you are getting introduced to a a certain level of mysticism in that ghosts are real and that a couple of people are able to communicate very basically with them, that the type of things that folks in our world claim to be able to do, that this is not a world of superpowers. This is something where if you are able to communicate with the dead, you are somebody of note, someone who is a specialist someone who is blessed or perhaps cursed and that there is the Raven consort in this kingdom who is uh, not a normal type of consort, that she is effectively the mystic among the palace and that uh, she is at the emperor's disposal for any, you know, any supernatural communications or just inquiries of that sort. And generally speaking, the Emperor does not visit the Raven consort, that it is some, this is not a regular advisor, this is not someone that he usually communicates with at all. But due to intrigue and mystery that we are introduced to, that I don't want to spoil for episode one, that he has reason to seek her out and ask for her assistance with a very particular case. There's political intrigue at play, along with, like I said, just that little bit of mysticism. But largely, this is a grounded and human show. It is is also
2: a very beautiful show, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's done by Bondi Namco. Very good production values.
2: Mm. Uh, speaking of them, uh, a couple seasons ago, and new season starts in uh, January. Birdie wing,
0: <laughs> yeah. And then the, the last two I have are uh, season six of My Hero Academia. Yeah. Uh, Franji, you said you've watched that. Holy cow! By the end of episode one, you thought it was mid-season.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this part of the manga to be adapted for so long. Oh my god!
0: That they did not take any time. That We've had seasons of My Hero where they will take the entire first episode to just recap. We get like two minutes of recap at the top of the show, and then boom, we're going in.
1: You guys and have no idea how real it's going to get. And I'm I can't scared. wait.
0: Scared. You should be. Oh man. <laughs> but yeah. also, I'm really excited that episode one. Just seeing it hit the ground running like that was so exciting. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, and then finally, we have Spy Family season two or core two. Bronji, have you watched Spy Family at all?
1: Yes, I actually did. That's one of the ones I forgot to mention, but I got all the way through it, and it was so great.
0: Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, and Spy (laughs) Family continues where it left off. Excellent. There's no downtime here that you get the usual, like I said, two minutes of recap at the top of the episode, but everything else here is new. And uh, I'm just looking forward to more Spy Family because it was really good, and Mm, I'm glad you're in on it.
2: We got to get so, those stars, um, Anya. We got to get those stars.
0: I'm planning mm-hmm. on cosplaying Lloyd.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, damn it. I'm another, I'm cosplaying another blonde character again. It's, I can't <laughs> help it. Lloyd is such a good character. Like, He's context crazy. for um, you,
0: Franchi. J- Jace is bald.
2: Oh, see. <laughs> I'm also blonde
0: too. But then <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you have, when you have hair, that is. Yeah, yeah,
2: you know, like well, I do have hair. I mean, you know, eyebrows and facial hair. Well, yes.
0: <laughs> but anyway, yeah, uh um, I've got is there anything that I've missed on your end, Jace?
2: Um, season two of Pop Team Epic uh wow. debuted last week. Uh, it's more the same. It's more of that rapid fire, weird humor, more of that, you know, one half's the women voicing the characters, one half's the men voicing the characters, um, with the exact same episode each time, uh, which Makes no sense, but it's still funny. Uh, at least funny for me. Funny for I mean, Marissa laughed because she was high at the time. <laughs> um, but Pop Team Epic really threw me for a loop. This this is just my moment of the winter so far, <laughs> or, or or fall season. Pop Team Epic started off with a live action opening that was clearly a parody of multiple seasons of Common Rider, especially Common Rider Geo which was the finale of the Heisei era of Common Rider shows, I was just, I was in tears laughing and screaming, what the am I watching right now? Like, I did not get it. I did not understand it. I was extremely surprised and happy. <laughs> and it just went back to being more weird, irreverent, you know, short, rapid-fire humor from there. But that intro just complete. Even if you don't watch the show, watch the intro for the sheer cinematic holy wow of the live action, making you think you're watching something completely different outside of the fact that you clearly see the pop team epic girls in the background while that live action stuff goes on at the very beginning of it. Um, yeah, like I, I'm going to keep up with it because I liked pop team epic to begin with. Um And also something that I'll probably drop out the second episode just because it was a curiosity, because there was next to no description for it. Vazrock the Animation, which apparently was a continuation from an audio drama, um, which leaves you kind of feeling rushed into, here's these 12 guys. They are part of two six-man groups that's actually also one 12-man group, basically an idol Slash rock band, maybe? I don't know. We haven't seen them play instruments. One of the one of the two groups is named I, I forget. It was like rock something. That's how kind of forgettable it is. But it did inspire me to start drawing shortly after watching the episode because it's it's a bunch of pretty kind of visual K-ish Ikenen. you Yeah. Know, I mean, if, if you feel like a little bit of eye candy, you know, and, and you want to drool over some some gorgeous dudes uh who who are themed after colors to a degree and very much cliche i mean go for it I, i'm assuming there's not going to be much of a plot to it it really didn't grab me but if it's going to inspire me to draw more maybe i'll watch it just you know half pay attention to it and go oh that outfit looks kind of cool and i like, just start <laughs> doodling based off of it uh Yeah, no, it's got like a two star rating on Crunchyroll right now. And if it wasn't for the comment under the first episode, like the comments for the series, ouch, like one star completely tearing it apart after one episode. Uh, The top comment under the first episode was the one that explained it was based off of a drama CD and basically just plops you right into it Uh, and expects you to either know the characters or here's an introduction to 12 characters. Good luck. (laughs)
0: so we are already several minutes over time but we had a lot to get through today Ranji. i hope we can get you back for another episode sometime soon so you can actually you know talk more and not just have us talk at you but at the same time i'm very glad that we were able to you know give you these recommendations
1: this is exactly what i needed other human voices in my little bubble where i live under a rock a that's good b anime recommendations definitely needed that so this is fine. <laughs> this
2: is great. This, this podcast did the same for me because I, I had been un, very much under a rock. And now it's like, oh, my God, talking to people. This is amazing. now watching <laughs> anime uh, <laughs> in groups online. Yeah, but, it's like socialization.
0: You have to yeah. remember <laughs> this entire podcast exists as a scheme for me to get to do exactly this. Just what you said, Franji. To get other human voices, because remember, I live alone without anybody. Yeah, and we started this with COVID. mm -hmm, Yeah, we were all isolated. Just wanting to be able to talk with people, wanting to talk anime. (laughs) That's been the whole scheme. That This whole time, it's been me tricking you all into talking (laughs) anime with me once a week, and you've fallen for it.
1: (laughs) Uh, Evil. Very evil. Not really. It's great.
0: So, yeah, thank you. So this is a lot of fun. Glad you were able to make it. And like I said, hopefully we'll be able to have you on again soon before long. But that is going to do it for us today. Episode number 128 of Kai. Be sure to visit our sponsor Image Anime at imageanime.com. You can use the code DISCOUNTSHIP that is D E E S C O U N T S H I P for free shipping on orders of $100 or more. You can get Digital Era Entertainment merchandise from merchstreamelementscom Entertainment. Be sure to always, you know, follow, like, subscribe, uh, all that jazz here on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. I will be back on Monday evening along with Taylor and Mario for the next installment of whole life championship wrestling. We are doing the Canadian stampede. It's going to be actually on (laughs) Canadian Thanksgiving. So we decided to flavor it that way. And it's going to be a lot of fun that if you are a wrestling fan, if you're a VTuber fan, you don't need to be both as long as you are either, or if you just like good storytelling that we make sure that context is established for anyone who might not be familiar with either element or both. So do join us if that interests you. That's going to be this Monday, the 10th. And uh, happy uh, Thanksgiving to anybody uh, out in Canada. I think that's going to do it for us. So stay safe, stay sane, and we will see you next time on Digital Era Twitch. <laughs>